our theme scripture for these weeks that are yet ahead of us is in Ephesians chapter 3, and it is verse 16, Ephesians 3, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Now our goal ahead of us is that you would come to the place that you would be strengthened in the inner man, that you would determine that you are going to uh, build up yourself. There's only so much that, that the people around you, the church around you, we are called to be the body of Christ, and we're joints that supply, and we're supposed to encourage and strengthen one another, and we're very serious about that, and we do that. But there is something uh, of a responsibility on the part of us as individuals to determine that we are going to be strengthened, that we are going to reach in and take hold that we're going to take hold of the things of God. I was, I was contemplating this morning, last night, uh, as I was uh, revisiting my notes and, and rethinking through what the Lord was going to uh, be saying to us today. And, it, and, and my mind began to go back over the years in, in pastoring and leading that I've had people sit across from me in a chair or across the desk for me and, and they would say to me, Pastor, I'm all in. I, I, I want what God has for me. I want everything that the Lord has. I, I want to take hold of the things of God. And I said, okay, in order to do that, you need to be in discipleship and, and you need to be in prayer meeting and, and you need to come and you need to walk with me. If you want if you deposited in my life, then you've got to spend some time with me and, and you've got to watch me walk with God and you've got to listen to the teaching and you've got to apply those things to your life and, and, and you've got to, if you're going to be all in, then you've got to be all in. And I've watched as some of those individuals certainly hang right in there and they're all in and, and they participate in what God is doing. And then others of those individuals within a matter of weeks as the fire kind of, the embers kind of grow cold and, or, or things kind of arise in life and, and, and those individuals get uh, busy about the things of life that they, they begin to have other things take priority over the determination that they made that they were going to walk with God. And that they were going to be all in. And all of a sudden, they began to uh, be uh, double-minded and begin to be distracted from the challenge that, that God has put in front of them. I'm standing at your door. I'm knocking. I want you to open the door. I want to come in. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to speak into your life. Would you let me in? Now, I'm not throwing any stones because I've been through those seasons of life myself. How many understand that it's not every time that a pastor goes to the pulpit that he's just excited to be there? There were some months and years and times and seasons where I went to the pulpit and I said, Lord, if you don't do it today, it's not going to get done because I got nothing. I got nothing but a passage of Scripture. Well, he's very gracious. And he loves you. He, he, I love you with all my heart. And I guarantee you the Lord loves you even more than I do. And he's not going to allow a day to pass that he doesn't allow what you need to be poured out before you. Now, now you get to decide whether or not you take hold, right? 
But we must determine that we are going to be strengthened in the inner man. That we're going to, as, as, in as much as it has to do with me, we must say, Lord, I know that it's not all me, but, it, but in as much as it has to do with me, I'm stepping in. I'm taking hold. And I'm pursuing you with everything that is in me. Everything that is in me. And so the Lord would challenge you this morning. I also found that when in this passage of Scripture, this is a prayer that the apostle is essentially expressing. He says, for this reason, in verse 14, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, And he begins to say, this is what I'm praying. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. I discovered that it would be a really good study if you were to take the time to to look at Scripture, at the New Testament, at all the things the apostles determined to preach. I discovered that when the apostles prayed, when they determined that something was important enough that they were expressing to the church that they had been praying over this, that they were actually touching upon something that the enemy does not want for you. They determined to pray over this because the enemy will do anything he can to keep you from being strengthened in the inner man. To keep your spirit from being built up. To keep your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions from coming to a place of wholeness and a place of healing, a place of of fullness in God. The enemy, once you've said yes to Jesus, he can't unsave you. So he says, what can I do to keep this man or woman from drawing close to the presence of God, from drawing close to the fullness of God, from receiving the fullness of their covenant, from receiving all the healing and all the nurturing and all the strengthening and all the blessing that is, that is hidden in God for them? What can I do from keep them, for, to keep them from reaching to that? The enemy is determined to try to keep you from reaching to that. There, there, I, I've talked to some folks sometimes. They say, man, every time I go to draw close to God, everything just falls apart. Well, are you surprised that there would be some resistance to you coming close to the presence of God? Well, we must determine that we are not going to uh, let anything stop us from uh, this, uh, this pressing through. So I want to talk to you uh, about some things that, uh, that will keep you or hold you back. I, I want to start there. Things that kind of defile, uh, for, for lack of a better word, the process of moving toward the Lord. Because I want you to be aware of those things and I want you to lay them down and I don't want to end with those things. I want to start with those things. Because how, how many understand that in, uh, in preacher school they tell you don't end on the negative? Preacher school. <laughs> Bible college or whatever. Listen, in Matthew 15 and in Mark 7, we're not going to read that. But the scripture says, Jesus goes into this whole discourse about what goes into you is not what defiles you. It's what comes 
out of you. I read somewhere this week, somebody said, uh, if you want to know what's in your heart, listen to what's coming out your mouth. Because the Bible teaches us that it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So it's not the things that you put into you that defile you. It's the things that come out of you. It's the things that, 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 uh, that, that are expressing the frame of your thinking. It's the things that are expressing uh, the understanding of your heart. It's the things that are expressing the purposes of your life and the things that you've determined that you want to accomplish. It's the things that mouth and whether or not they are things of faith or things of unbelief whether or not they are expressing uh, and and reminding you how many understand that when something comes out your mouth it goes in your ears faith comes by hearing the word of god this is why we talked to you about speaking the word of god because when it comes out your mouth it goes in your ears and, and it's either building you up or tearing you down There's, those, there's always those individuals, some of y'all are sitting here today, that whenever you begin to speak, you begin to, to speak words that are not life-giving over yourself. Self-talk that tears at the fiber of the promises of God that are in your life because you, are you have convinced yourself or the enemy has convinced you that God cannot do through you the amazing things that the Word of God says that He can. This is why every week, if at all possible, I challenge you to say, I can do the things the Word says that I can do. I am who the Bible says that I am. Because you're spending Monday through Friday telling yourself that you're not who the Bible says that you are and that you cannot do what the Bible says that you can do. And I want to remind you that you can. Because the enemy would like to convince you that you cannot. Some of y'all, if you try, you have the devil's better than I can. You haven't realized that there's grace in your life for healing that, that, that if you would just lay hands on the sick, God's graced you to heal the sick. And, and, and the, the, the Lord has equipped you for that. The Lord equipped you to bring the lost to salvation. I know there are better evangelists in the house than, than, than I am because that's not, well, I've already told you that's not my grace because I'm like, you're going to walk with God. He will mess you up. Come walk with Jesus. He will mess up your plans. The reason I know that is because he messed up. He, he told me, I didn't plan this. He did. But I do understand that if you will let him mess up your plans, if you, will, if you will come to Jesus and you will submit your life to him and you will let him mess up your plans, that the plans that he has are better than anything you've come up with. Get all in. Build up the inner man. Get all in. So the scripture tells us that it's not what goes in that defiles us, but it's what comes out. It's describing the intention of our heart. Take long in conversation with an individual about the things of the Lord to find out if they're serious about God, if they're half-hearted about God, or if they're completely uninterested about the kingdom of God. Short conversation because the heart will be re revealed by what comes out the mouth. Are you here? Matter of the heart. 
The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. A good man out of, the, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. You must build up the inner man. You must let there come a heart change. The Bible says that, that we renew our minds through the word of God, that we renew our thinking. We renew the inner man through the word of God and, and by the spirit of God and that we allow those treasures to be laid in us so that out of uh, the, the treasures that are within our heart, good things will be brought forth. God wants to bring some good things about your life. And, it, 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 and I've discovered, maybe this is just me, but I'm, I'm not very complicated. And the Lord does not have to do things in a complicated fashion to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. With all simplicity that the Lord just moves through us. He graces us with the gifts of God. He graces us with his character and his strength. And then he just flows out through that grace. So simple that the Lord wants to, wants to reach out through the kingdom of God is just is just uh, the Bible says that the earth is groaning for the kingdom of God to be released through you. That there there's someone next to you. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's that person in the desk at uh, in the desk next to you at work. That I hope they're not in the desk, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Sitting at the desk next to you. If they're in the desk, they really need you to help them get out. <laughs> but they're sitting there, and they need an impartation of the kingdom of God. And the deposit of the kingdom of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the strength of God, the healing and the deliverance that comes in the kingdom of God is deposited in you, the person who's sitting next to them. And God has tuned their ear to your voice and set them in relationship with you. And that's the point where they're going to receive out of the kingdom of God. They're not going home and picking up their Bible. They're reading the story of your life and what God has done in you. Mm. So you've got to build yourself up. You've got to be strengthened in the inner man. And then the Bible says in Matthew 12 and 44 that it's from the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. That right out of your heart, your mouth delivers. Reveals the attitude, reveals the, 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 the level of frustration, reveals the fear and anxiety that you're experiencing. You come here and you sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but we'll find out about Thursday if you believe that and receive that, or if you're going to go back to those comfortable places that pull you back into a place of restraint and restriction because you are in anxiety about what the future holds for you instead of trusting in the Lord with all of your heart and not leaning to your own understanding and giving yourself wholly to him so that he can bring you to a place of freedom. He desires to bring you to a place of freedom so that what is deposited in you is wholesome. This is why we must build up the inner man. And then Hebrews 12 tells us in verse 12 uh, through 15, it says not to allow any root of bitterness to be rooted in us, to, to, to grow up in us, whereby it says many are defiled. It doesn't just say you are. A root of bitterness that grows up in you 
uh, that, that only hurts you, that would be one thing. But the Bible tells us that a root of bitterness that grows up in our lives, that out of it, many are defiled. It affects everyone around us. And so the scripture speaks to us to, to, that, to, that we must constantly guard our heart. We must constantly look within ourselves and see if what is in us looks like him. It's, it's wonderful that the Lord, first of all, the Lord is not throwing stones. In fact, he cautioned against it. If you remember the woman caught in adultery. He's not throwing stones at you and he's not picking you apart. But he's challenging you to look within, and to allow your heart to be purified. I was reminded this week of the prayer, the psalm uh, of David, that created me a clean heart, O God. David understood that, that within his heart, his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions, there was the expression that was either going to convey that he was trusting in the Lord and that he was walking with God, or it was going to convey that he was an individual of disobedience and unbelief. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and make in me a right spirit. So I want to challenge you this morning that the Lord is saying to us that we guard our heart, that we uh, take a serious look within our heart, within the capacity of our own heart, what's coming out, what's being delivered, what's being expressed, what is being uh, poured out of us, and that we are able to say, does this look like Jesus? Or does this look like I'm having a bad day? Does this look like Jesus? Or does this not reflect the work that, that he's really done in my life. I think there's a lot of times that uh, the, the, the thing that is being poured out of us, we understand and we love Jesus, but we allow the frustrations of life to take a forward role. And they begin to be poured out, and it doesn't reflect the work of Christ in our life. I want to challenge you that God is calling you to a place of building yourself up so that that what is in you reflects who Jesus is and what he's done in you. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 16, I'm going to read this. It says, We have this treasure, an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power of God the excellency of the power, may be of God and not of us. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, yet not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Somebody say flesh. The life of Jesus is supposed to be manifested in our flesh. We often think about, the, I'm going to stop right here and kind of sidebar this. We often think about the life of Jesus being manifested in our spirit 
And then we certainly think about the, the life of Jesus being manifested in our, in our soul, in our mind, our will, and our emotions, that we frame those things by the renewing of our mind so that we're thinking like God, sounding like God, talking like God, acting like God, walking like God in the earth. That's the goal. That's what we hope to achieve as, as we allow the, the healing uh, virtue of God to flow through our mind, our will, and our emotions. But, but quite often we don't stop and think that the life of Jesus is supposed to be manifested in our flesh. The way we live our life, the healing that is supposed to reside within us. That's why I challenge you this morning as we're worshiping. We're standing before the mercy seat. If you are sick, reach in right now and receive your healing. We're in the presence of God. In his presence, there's no sickness. So we drive it out in the name of Jesus. So that the life of Christ is, <clears throat> the life of Jesus, hmm, give me the water. <clears throat> That's just chunky. That's on the podcast. <clears throat> Keeping it real, somebody said. Yes, we're paying attention, aren't we? For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us. The apostles were talking about their, their practice of life, that they were, they were being challenged with even the potential of being put to death. Death is always working in us, but life is working in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to it is written, I believe and therefore I speak. We also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord also will raise up with uh, Jesus, uh, raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sake. Now, listen, I don't know when the last time you've thought about this. That line right there just challenges me. The apostle said to the church, all things are for your sake. There's another place in scripture where the Bible basically says, I'm going to paraphrase this for you, if I gave you Jesus, why would I not give you everything else you need everything that pertains to life and to godliness, everything that pertains to your blessing and your success and your wholeness and your restoration and your healing. Why would I hold anything? If I gave you Jesus, why would I hold anything else back from you? The scripture asks you that question. If I was so willing to give you my only son that he would go to that cross and that he would die for you, is there anything that I would keep from you? If we don't build that inner man, we will let ourselves think, we will allow ourselves to think that God is trying to keep some good thing from us. There are people all over the earth today that believe that God is punishing them when they don't realize that Jesus went to the cross. He took our punishment. God is not punishing us. He's, he's, uh, he's got a great cloud of witnesses who are applauding us on, saying, come on, come closer, come in, come and walk with God, come and receive out of the, the heart of God so that the kingdom of God can flow through you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not frustrated with you. I just want to bless you. I just want to strengthen you. I just want to get to you everything that you need. I'll tell you what, when I became a father, that scripture came alive to me 
Because I realize that there is not one thing that I have that I would withhold from the blessing and success of my children. It's the heart of the Father. So the apostle said everything that we're going through, everything that is happening in the establishment of the church in our day, it's all for you. Isn't that wonderful? So verse 15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And this is what he said, We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. This was written by a guy who in order to accomplish the things that God had set for him to accomplish in the earth, at times had to run for his life, had to hide out, had to sneak out of the city so that he could do the things that God had called him to do. And he said, even in these challenges, we're pressed on every side. Even in these challenges, I declare to you that we are strengthened day by day, renewed in the inner man. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Saints of God, there is deposited within you a treasure. There is deposited within you a treasure, a great grace from the presence of God. But that grace from the presence of God, I've discovered, in order for that to be given expression, there has to be something of intent on my part and on your part for, for that grace that is deposited in us to be delivered into the earth, for the grace of Christ to be delivered into the earth, the people of God must allow what God has deposited in them to have a place of release. You cannot do that from a place of internal turmoil, a place of internal brokenness, a place of spiritual weariness, a place of, uh, of unrenewed thinking, unrenewed mind. You cannot, you cannot effectively do that. One of, the, one of the challenges of our generation is that many people want to grab hold of the gifts of God and they don't want to take the time to have deposited within them the Word of God and have developed in their life the character of God so that the gifts of God come out in great measure. If our relationship with the Lord is a shallow relationship, then any expression that we bring will be a shallow expression. Wow, I think I want to write that down so I can read it later. If our relationship with God is shallow relationship, then anything that's expressed out of our life is going to give, be given in a shallow expression. But when we allow our relationship with God to be deepened and strengthened, when we allow the Lord to get up inside of our heart and, and to begin to make the changes and bring the healing that needs to take place, when we allow Him into those places that we've closed off to everybody else and we allow Him to, to have activity in there and to speak to us in there and, and to move 
spoke through us in there. In that deep, intimate relationship with God, the deep things of God can be delivered into the earth through the people of God. I challenge you that God is desiring to have a place of full expression out of your life. God is desiring to ignite the gifts and the callings, but He's desiring to ignite them with a foundation of the Word of God and His character. He's desiring to see you given full expression in the earth. I'm so glad that that we're not all the same. We don't all look the same, sound the same, act the same. We don't all have the same sense of priority with respect to the gifts and the callings. That's why the Bible says some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, and then all the various gifts. it, It just describes the way we're all wired so differently. If everybody came together and we all looked like me and sounded like me, it would be boring. I don't want to look out of these eyes and see me. I want to see a full expression of the grace of God that is poured in your life. I need that expression in my life. We were sitting together this week with, uh, with Stuart and Ann around uh, a little table at an eatery here, and we were having uh, Pastor Elder talk. It was really fun. And, and I said, I, I need the wisdom that is deposited in the earth, the things that you bring to the table, those are important things to me. I need that expression in my life. Well, I say that to everyone in the room. There is a deposit from God in you. There's a grace from God in you. There's a gift from God that is in you that needs to be given full expression. I need it and the people around you in the earth need it. We need to be the kind of people that build ourselves up so much in God that we are oozing with Jesus. That you can't help but hold it back. That we're just... Poured out with the grace of God. I just imagine the people around you, each of you that are hungry for the things of God, that are hungry for a word of encouragement, that need someone to tell them that nobody's ever told them that they're important to Jesus and that they matter. And there's a grace to bring that gift to them in all simplicity. So we are being built up. The inner man, it's the purposes of God that the inward man is being renewed day by day. Not Sunday by Sunday. Sunday by Wednesday. No, day by day. He's calling you into his presence. And you and I get to decide, are we all in? Are we all in? Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, on this 
great day. Lord, I pray that that the word has gone into us like seed. Lord, there's some seed that germinates faster than other seed, and I'm, I'm praying for a quick work of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you a couple of things today. I'm, you know, I might open a Pandora's box, can of worms, I don't know. Can of worms, probably. Let me ask you a couple of things today. There's prayer teams here today, and they're waiting for you. And if you are, are standing in this room this morning, first of all, if you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've never said, Lord, come into my life, or you don't have, maybe you've said that, prayed that prayer, but it has not affected change in you, and, 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 and you realize, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. Because we're not talking about a religion. We're talking about relationships. And if you can identify that even though I've prayed to receive Jesus or prayed for the forgiveness of my sin, I have a relationship with Him. I'm going to challenge you not to leave the room today until you stand in front of these prayer teams and you say to them, I need a relationship with Jesus. Pray and they will assist you coming to that reality. But I am sure that there are individuals that I'm talking to. I'm sure that there are individuals under the sound of my voice. While you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a wall that is keeping you from breaking in. You you think, I I take a couple of steps toward him, but then I either find myself distracted or I come in place of challenge and frustration. I want you to do know that. I want you to have a conversation with me at some point in the day. Because it may very well be that we just need to deal with that. Let's deal with God. Come on. Are you here? Let's do business with God. To get to the deeper places in relationship with There's, I hear the Spirit telling me there's some people standing here today and this is what's going through your mind. I would love to walk closer to God. I enjoy being in worship. I love the, the feeling of being together with the body of Christ. But when I try to pray alone at home, I hit a wall. It keeps me from having the prayer life that I know that I need to have. Or when I open the Bible, it's just words to me and there's no life in it. Those are all indicators that the enemy is trying to keep you from that deep and that deep relationship. And instead of feeling a sense of shame and a sense of guilt about it, let's have a conversation. Let's have a time of prayer, a time of discovering what's, what that wall is, and let's tear it down. Let's tear some walls down. Let's break down some restrictions takes us into deep places in, in our relationship with God. The conversation with God becoming two-way. 